Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey there, friend. Welcome to another Ask Me Anything AMA, where I answer listener questions about business and money and mindset stuff. So I'm going to jump straight in because we've got a ton of questions to get through today. And the first one is how to talk to young kids about money. Now, you might have kids, you might just you know, have other kids in your life that you have influence over. But the thing is, um, we all have money mindset issues from our upbringing. All of us do. And when I start to dig into people's money blocks, it often comes from things that our family said about money or things that we saw about money growing up, the unspoken things about money. So I do feel like we have a responsibility to change the conversation around money with the children in our lives. So let me give you some tips on that. One, I don't do like seminars for my kids about money. I aim for neutrality or positive things about money. Okay, so I just want to make sure that they don't hear the things that I heard growing up, like money doesn't grow on trees. I would never say that. Or, um, you know, what do you think we're made of money? Or another day, another dollar. So I just I just want those things just to be not even in their life. Okay, and then things like money is dirty. I actually did say this to my oldest when she was, I don't know, two years old or something. I gave her some money to buy an apple at the farmer's market because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start teaching her about money. And, of course, she went to put the money straight in her mouth. And I went, don't put that in your mouth. Money's dirty. Oh, crap. I can't believe I said that. I almost said money is dirty. And, you know, She's probably heard that from other places too, but she'll never hear it from me again. So I say, hey, like we don't put money in our mouth. We take care of money in our family. So see how that's just such a neutral thing. Whereas if you hear money's dirty, money's gross, it creates this nervous system response that we that most of us live with today. So I just, yeah, I try and just avoid those negative things about money and just I'm like yeah money and now that um, our kids are older I start to say like you know what money doesn't make you a good or bad person money is just money some people do good things with money some people do not so good things with money so I'm trying to break that association of like oh rich people are bad um the other thing and she actually said one of her friends said oh you know money's so gross because her friend said it and she was saying to her friend no like money's just money (laughs) And I was like, yeah, she, she, she hears it. So you don't have to do anything special, but watch how you talk about money because they're listening. They're listening to the fights about money. They're listening to the things that you say about money. The other thing I tried to do is um, change the conversation about hard work and money because that's so subtle, right? And I found that I was starting to say things like, well, if you work hard, you can achieve anything. And I went, oh, how, what's a better way I could say this to have a bit more neutrality around working hard. So I say, if you have a dream and you're persistent, you can achieve anything. And I just felt like that was a little bit better than to say if you work hard, because sometimes you don't have to work hard. Sometimes you're naturally good at things. And that's where I see entrepreneurs um, resist making easy money because they're like, well, I'm naturally good at this. It should be hard. And so they overcomplicate things. So I just go, yeah, if you have a dream, and you're persistent, you can make money. Oh, you can do anything you want. Um, and then 
like even she said something, like, I want to be a professional ballerina. And I was like, and then she goes, I don't want to go to practice. And I said, well, do you think Jojo Siwa misses practice? You know, I didn't want to say, you have to work out. I'm just like, well, you know, that's, you practice. <laughs> yes, it's just little things like that that I think we can shift and change. Okay, moving on from kids. Um, oh, by the way, that that works for aunties, uncles. Like if you've got any kids in your life, it's just, you know, they get so many negative messages about money and we can just, you know, just change the conversation a little bit. Okay, question about, um, ooh, huh, about my business model. Why didn't you choose to do a membership instead of Money Boot Camp? What a question. This is good. Um, so there is no right or wrong about your business model. I do think it's important, though, to look at your personality and your preferences and build a business model in alignment with that. Okay, let me give you an example. So if you've got like a maverick kind of personality, an alchemist kind of personality that needs a lot of variety and you get bored with things, then a membership might not be the best business model for you because you might get bored with it. And it might be easy to sell, not so good to deliver. Same with just long-term kind of things. You might get bored and then it feels like an obligation. If you um, are a connector and you need a lot of personal interaction with clients, then you might want to have conferences or um, events where you get together on Zoom and you have. You would never just be happy just having a pure e-course model. Uh, so, so much of that is knowing your personality. Go and do the quiz at denisedt.com slash quiz, denisedt.com slash quiz. And um, you can find out which money archetype you are. You're one of eight usually. And, um, you know, you can get more information about what would be a good business model for you. It's not about me and my business model. Mine is set up for my personality. And that's the problem we have sometimes is that we copy someone else's business model because it looks easy and it is easy for them. Um, we have to honor who we are and what would feel good to us. And that can be the tricky thing, right? Because we're not used to doing things that feel good for us. We feel like we have to, um, you know, make it hard and we don't. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay. A question. I love this question. Um, I have ADHD and struggling my business because of the inability to focus. I loved your episode on batching, but what other hacks do you have for squirrel brains like myself? Um, so I did an episode on ADHD. Let me see if I can find it. I've got it in front of me. It is episode 47, how I run my business with ADHD. But the other thing is make sure you go and read my book, Chill and Prosper, because a lot of the things I shared in there, I wrote before I knew I had ADHD. So a lot of those hacks and tips um, work for, for people who get a bit distracted sometimes. Okay. So, um, go to denisedt.com slash prosper. You'll see all the links to where you can buy the book and you can get all of the bonuses too. One thing I will say, go and read the keyless life, um, chapter. <laughs> episode I was going to say chapter because it talks about finding ways to eliminate the stresses and the friction and so for me I have keypads on all of my doors because I would lose my keys so I just eliminated that problem so many times we're looking for a system a hack when it's like what could just eliminate the problem altogether and same in your business like you might have all these hacks and it's like I'll just automate it or I'll just hire someone to take that off my plate or I just won't do that thing in my business anymore elimination is always so much better um, as the first point of call 
than trying to find a system that might not work for you. And there are so many um, resources now, so much more, so many more people are talking about ADHD. But definitely my book has, has got some good stuff for you in that too. Shout out to all my ADHD friends. Okay, uh, the next question is about fear of visibility and notoriety. And I get this. You might think, oh, Denise, you don't have it. You've got a big business. I definitely do have a fear of fame and visibility. So I think what's really important here is to name the fear. Get really clear on what you think is going to happen or the fear and speak to it. You know, are you afraid that people are going to criticize you? Are you afraid that you're not going to have any privacy if you are too successful or that people will come out of the woodwork and ask for money? Like you have to actually get specific on what those fears are because then it will give you information, right? It could be something that is real. Um, it could be something that um, is a made up story. It could be something related to your childhood or it could be something that you can kind of pre- start to plan for. So I'll give you my example. Um, I have three kids and when I had my first baby, I would just post pictures of her all the time, all the time, because I had nothing else in my life, right? And a couple of years ago, I started thinking, oh, I don't want to grow my business anymore because I don't think it's safe for my kids, you know? And I, I had to really name that and go, what do I think could happen? And I was like, oh God, maybe my kids would get kidnapped or um, just, I had to just be really like just name it, name all of my fears. And so then what I decided is that I would no longer show pictures of my kids on social media. And occasionally like it will be the back of their head or whatever. And, you know, a few people kind of reach out and said, oh, why don't you show pictures of your kids anymore? I love seeing their faces. And I've just gone, it's just not what I want to do because I have this fear. And so I am going to pre kind of plan for that. Um, if I do become more famous, I don't want to have to go back and delete all those things out. And I'm careful about, um, you know, just not having identifying details and, and things like that. So it's totally valid for you to have fears around visibility. Now, I have a resource for you. My friend, Samantha Nolan Smith, she has um, a business called the School of Visibility. And she just talks about fear of visibility, um, obviously, and all the layers around that. But definitely go check her out. It's Samantha Nolan Smith, School of Visibility. And she will speak to, to that. She you know, does what I do for money blocks and money mindset. She does for the fear of visibility. It's really normal. It's really common. You're not alone. And um, yeah, I would just explore it a little bit further. Okay, um, we've got some more questions to come. Let's just have a really quick break so I can take a little sip of tea and I'll see you in a sec. Hi, my name is Kelly Marr. I am a divine feminine mentor and spiritual guide, as well as a cacao ceremonialist, otherwise known as the tidal wave of love. I am from Santa Rosa, California. I recently read Denise Duffield Thomas's new book, Chill and Prosper, and it really helped me to understand the importance of my mindset in business. I enjoyed her mantras like, my face is my fortune, meaning you need to be seen, and there's always enough. Woohoo! I also love that she leads you on a path to simplify your life and your business, what she calls a keyless life. Goodbye, complicated. Hello to my keyless life. Thank you so much, Denise. Hi, I'm Miri Paisan, a gluten-free coach and consultant from Southern Oregon in the United States. I've been listening to Chill and Prosper again, now with a new title, and it's been such a good reminder for me to show up, share what I know, and make offers. I really appreciate the kick in the pants to get going with my basics again. Thank you, Denise. 
Okay, welcome back. I just want to say one other thing about the fear of visibility. Um, remembering the affirmation, it's safe for me to be visible, is always a good one too. It's safe for me to be visible. Okay, um, how to stop procrastinating. I decided to batch content for my socials, but as soon as I write one post, it's taken too much time and I stop. Okay, this is a really great thing. So I did a, um, a whole post about batching. Let me find the number for you. Um, 46, number 46. I got so much feedback on this episode that people said, oh, you really made it feel like an easy thing. So I batch in categories. I find an easy category and I, I do that one. Here's the thing I didn't say in the episode that I want to say now is when you're batching, don't do it as draft form. Do it directly into a social media scheduler because then if you get bored, you don't have to finish anything. It's there already. So I do it in categories. I'll go, okay, every Monday there's going to be a goal setting post. So I sit and do all the Monday ones. Um, and then I'll go, oh, every Friday I'm going to do um, a post about the weekend, you know, and I'll go do those. Every Tuesday will be a quote and I'll go do those. And it's like filling in a puzzle. It's so much fun to do it. The other thing that is that you can buy templates. There's so many people selling like 365 prompts for social media. You can buy them. You can, um, you know, make them your own. You can do all the things and then you can just do it. Okay. So you don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to do it yourself and um, make sure you do it directly into the scheduler. So if you get bored, at least, at least you've got something there. Okay. But go and listen to that podcast episode number 46 about how, why I love batching content creation. And this works for people with ADHD. It works for people who get bored. Everyone. It's so easy. I promise, promise, promise. Enjoy it. Um, oh, but the other tip on that is I, I actually do that to procrastinate. If I'm procrastinating writing a book or doing something, I'll, I'll go and create social, con- social media content. So it's like, it's like a decoy procrastination tactic. <laughs> Honestly, I do. If I'm like, I've got a deadline. Oh, I don't want to do that. Okay, I'll, I'll batch social media content instead. And then it's like you've tricked yourself. Okay, um, Denise, you've talked about upgrading. How can you push yourself out of your comfort zone? Okay, so I love the stylist idea, but it's out of my comfort zone. What other upgrades work wonders for business growth? Mm, Good question. So I always start, before I upgrade like sexy things and like going, oh, I'm going to upgrade my wardrobe. You actually start with upgrading things that annoy you first. Upgrade things that make you feel poor, inconvenienced, angry, um, annoyed, everything. Like you start with those things first because you don't realize how much bandwidth bandwidth it takes when things don't work. And it could be something really simple. And it could be something that's like, um, you know, getting a new bra or like fixing your bra strap or like sewing a button on or getting rid of a pair of socks that has a hole in it. Like those things take up bandwidth. You might not realize it, but it's like having a computer that has 50 million tabs open. So you start with the things that cause you friction first and then you eliminate them one at a time. Sometimes it's like you declutter it. Sometimes you upgrade it. Um, you start there, always there first. And then you then you look at what can you upgrade to the next level. And you, not everything is worthy of being upgraded. But what would actually give you a little bit more joy or pleasure or save you time or energy? It could be a really beautiful like keep keep cup for your mug that keeps your tea warm, which I'm, I've got right now. I mean, you can hear me slurp it. This is the slurp version. 
that was a really great upgrade for me because I would always have cold tea and I was like, oh, it's so annoying. Um, It didn't cost a lot of money, but it really helped. Having an extra pair of um, headphones really helped that just lived in my office really helped. So that created just a little bit more, not pleasure necessarily, but just, just a bit more ease. Okay. And then you look at what are the symbolic things for you. And it could be um, like a pillow or going to the dentist. You know, you've got to find those things that would make a difference for you because it's so personal um, for everybody. And you don't have to upgrade like everyone else. You don't have to buy things that feel fancy just because other people said that you should. You always start with the things that make you feel poor and inconvenience and then things that will make you feel wealthier. And sometimes we screw it up. Like sometimes we go, oh, I thought those shoes would feel really good and they don't. Well, you're allowed to learn from that. You're allowed to ask for refunds. You're, it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to upgrade. Okay. 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 Um, hmm. Oh, good question. How do you separate working time and private life? <laughs> good question. This is really hard for me because I feel like my work is so tied to my calling and my identity as a person. I am so passionate about helping people with their financial independence. And it's a very personal mission for me because I grew up seeing a lot of domestic violence, a lot of um, women in my family who had no economic power, and a bit of money would have solved a lot of those situations. So that's a really big calling for me as a person. But where do you stop? Where's the line between having to do, <laughs> having to be that person all the time and just ha- being able to be a human as well. So I, I don't know if I'm the best person to speak to it because I am my business in so many ways. But there's a couple of things that I do. So one, I don't feel the need to share everything that's going on my, in my life, which I think is hard with ADHD because I go, I can make a lesson out of anything. You know, I can make a lesson out of anything that happens in my life. So I have to stop and just go, is this useful to my audience? Like, because I'm such an oversharer. I'm such a, like, I'm happy to tell you anything, you know, but there's some things that are allowed to be just mine. So I, I don't talk about my weight and my body. I don't talk about my sex life. I don't talk about my family so much. Um, I don't show pictures of my family, not even just my kids, but I don't even really show pictures of you know, my employees or my staff, because I think they need privacy too. So I have a very, um, like there's Denise, Denise, who's like lucky bitch, chillpreneur kind of Denise. And then there's me. And I do, I don't feel like I have to be perfect. And, you know, I don't take it personally. I'm just like, yep, I'm putting pictures of Denise on my social media because it helps people to see a real person. But I'm not like, it's me and I'm so vain and I want people to love me. So I I do feel like there's a little bit of an energy shift sometimes, but my work permeates throughout my whole week and that can be tricky. Um, I work with my husband, Mark, too. And so, you know, we'll be having a shower and he'll be like, oh, remember we need to do this. I'm like, last night, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. And I said, oh, did you remember to tell everyone that the boot camp calls a day earlier? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so you can never really get away away from it really um I'm pretty sure I did a post about working with your spouse too because that can be really tricky but anyway it is it is hard to find that space what I find though is I have to make sure I'm getting out of the house and like doing things outside of the house otherwise it's just all work all the time it's tricky 
Okay, a couple more questions um, and then that's it for today. So uh, a question about time. I want more of it, feeling the lack of it, using time as procrastination, time and money. It's really intertwined, isn't it? Um, so a resource that really helped me with this is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I talk about it like every third episode, I swear. Um, he talks about the concept of Einstein time, when you're in your zone of genius and time is flowing and I find that the opposite is true when you're not working in your zone of genius. That's when you feel the scarcity and the lack of, I don't have enough time. Um, or you feel resentful about how you're using your time. So yeah, check that out about there's more than enough time to do everything I need to do. I have spaciousness. And sometimes that's logistical. You have to sort out your calendar and help yourself have space in your calendar or maybe hire people so you have more time or automate things so you have more time it's allowed to be easy and you're allowed to have space in your in your life okay so that's it for today if you liked these ask me anything episodes go and scroll and find out all of the other ones that I did because there's always fun questions and feel free to reach out and every time we get a question we add it into a little google doc and then for the next one, I'll just pick up that Google Doc. So feel free to email it and just say, hey, sending my team. This is just say, hey, this is a question for Denise for later on. Okay, but don't go away. I've got one final thought for you after this last break. Hi, Denise. I'm Monica from Germany, and I'm the founder of the amazing triangle cushions named Imagimo that give you and your loved ones restful sleep by supporting your muscles to relax so you can feel better and have more energy every single day. By the time of my recording, I have read all your books and hear all your entire podcast. And I'm so grateful for you, honestly, about what help you have and that you don't need to trying to do everything and always perfect by yourself instead to focus on your energy i think this kind of conversation is the future as we all have enough for beating ourselves up for not feeling good enough or capable enough so well i think it's a balance of chill and prosper and we all need it <laughs> it's my time and i'm ready for the next step and i serve i deserve had become my daily mantras. So really, Denise, thank you for your being and all the best to you and your family. Many hugs. I want to circle back on this thing of time. Um, there's time for you for your life to unfold is something that I want to share. You don't have to write all of the books of your career right now. There are seeds inside you that need time to gestate and some of them will be a lifetime and we often feel impatient because we want to write all of the books of our career now. We want to have all of the successes now. We want to see how it's all going to unfold before it does. So that might be an affirmation. It's, there's time. There's time and space for me. There's time for my life to unfold. Yeah, try that out for the next couple of days. And I will see you next week on another episode of Chill and Prosper. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.